0: We've got recipes, articles, and podcast episodes. And today, I'm excited to announce Vanguard of Hollywood's latest venture, Into Video. There are few films as inspiring as It's a Wonderful Life, and there are few stars as noble as Jimmy Stewart, who bravely put his film career on hold to serve his country as a bomber pilot during World War II. As Vanguard of Hollywood segues into video, it seems only fitting to share Jim's story and to go behind the scenes of It's a Wonderful Life in our first episode. Right now, you're listening to the audio version of my new video. Watch the video for all about why I love classic films and the extraordinary stories and people behind them. Take inspiration from Jimmy Stewart's remarkable military service and Frank Capra's beautiful message in It's a Wonderful Life. To watch the video, visit vanguardofhollywood.com, and stay tuned for more inspiring stories and recipes. There's so much more to come. Thank you for watching Vanguard of Hollywood. I'm Shannon Allen. I'd like to start with some words by a very wise group of Swedish musicians whom you've probably heard of, named Abba. Quote, thank you for the music, the songs I'm singing, thanks for all the joy they're bringing. Who can live without it? I ask in all honesty, what would life be? Without a song or a dance, what are we? So I say thank you for the music, for giving it to me. When I listen to these beautiful lyrics, I don't take them to be solely about the joy that music brings. I interpret them to be about that thing in each of our lives that we just love, that interest that gets us up in the morning and excited for the day. From a very young age, the music in my life has been my fascination with classic Hollywood, the films of the golden age and the stories behind them. Today, I'd like to focus on one of my very favorite films. Its star was not only one of the most talented actors who ever graced the screen, but also a man of great integrity. The film is the 1946 Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Life, and the star is Jimmy Stewart. Considering the time of year, there's no better way to be inspired and galvanized by our own purpose in life than to go behind the scenes of It's a Wonderful Life and the extraordinary film and military careers of Jimmy Stewart. Let's start with Jim's story. In 1939, Jimmy Stewart became a bonafide superstar with his Academy Award-nominated performance in Frank Capra's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And in 1941, Jim became an invaluable asset to his studio, MGM, when he won the Best Actor Academy Award for The Philadelphia Story. But Jimmy Stewart decided to risk losing his successful film career and the perks of movie stardom to serve his country as a bomber pilot in World War II. It wasn't an easy path, and Jim would quite literally have to fight every step of the way to see combat overseas. First, Jimmy refused to take advantage of the deferment notice that his powerful boss at MGM, Louis B. Mayer, had pulled strings to acquire. Mayer was shocked that Jim had no desire to dodge military service, unlike other stars of the period who gratefully accepted their studio boss's efforts to keep them safely at home. But in fact, Jimmy Stewart was eager to serve his country. After turning down the deferment, Jim promptly scheduled his army physical, which he failed. At 6'3 and 130 pounds, Jimmy Stewart, according to army standards, was 10 pounds underweight and unfit for military service. But if you thought Jimmy Stewart would accept this latest obstacle as an excuse to avoid military service, think again. Jim appealed the decision and a second physical was scheduled for February of 1941, giving Jim just about three months to put on 10 pounds. He tried to put on the weight with intense workouts and high calorie meals, but nothing worked. So Jim found a doctor who was willing to write a note to the army stating that his slim frame was a quote unquote family characteristic. It wasn't, but that's how determined Jimmy Stewart was to serve his country and his determination was finally rewarded when, with the doctor's note, Jim passed his second physical. On March 22, 1941, Jimmy Stewart was officially inducted into the army. So just to recap, even before his induction, Jimmy Stewart had every excuse not to serve his country. A powerful studio mogul pulling strings and begging him to stay home, an actual deferment notice, and an arbitrary weight requirement he didn't meet. But Jim pushed through all these obstacles, and once in the Army, he had to continue pushing. Shortly after induction, Jimmy applied for admission to the Air Corps. He was passionate about flying and had already earned his private and commercial pilot licenses in 1935 and 1938, respectively. But at age 32, Jim was a full six years older than the standard age cutoff for the Air Corps, and his chances of acceptance were slim. Jim pled his case for acceptance to the Air Corps by citing his flying experience, which included 400 hours of previously logged flying time. In the end, Jim's flying experience was deemed more valuable than his age was limiting. He was accepted to the Air Corps and assigned to fly the difficult B-24 Liberator. But by 1943, Jim had yet another obstacle to overcome. Despite mastering the flying of B-24s over his two years of service, Jimmy Stewart was still stationed stateside, training pilots. Jim made inquiries and learned that somewhere along the line, he'd been classified as static personnel. The military, he discovered, had concluded that the potentiality of Jimmy Stewart movie star dying overseas would do too much harm to morale on the home front. So they decided to keep Jim stateside for the length of the war. Jim couldn't accept his static personnel classification and vocalized his frustration. And his timing couldn't have been better. Colonel Robert Terrell, commanding officer of the 445th Bombardment Group, was looking for a new squadron's operation officer, a pilot skilled at flying B-24s, who was also a natural leader, someone who could inspire and lead his men into combat. Jimmy Stewart was more than qualified for the position. He impressed Colonel Terrell and got the job. Terrell then placed him in command of the 703rd Bomb Squadron Division, which consisted of a dozen B-24 bombers and 350 soldiers and flyers. In November 1943, Captain Stewart and his men arrived in Great Britain, where Jim was based for the duration of the war. And in December 1943, Jimmy successfully led his men on their first combat mission, targeting the German naval base at Kiel. A young staff sergeant by the name of Walter Matthau later recounted what an inspired leader Jimmy Stewart was, quote, I watched the way the crew would relate to him. They used to relate to him as a movie star for a while. Then they'd forget about all that and realize he was just one of the boys. He was marvelous to watch, Unquote. Whenever things got difficult for Jim overseas, he turned to the 91st Psalm and the words of his father, Alex. One letter from Alex was of special comfort to Jim the night before a particularly stressful mission into Germany. In his letter, Alex advised his son to quote, just remember you can't handle fear all by yourself, son, give it to God. He'll carry it for you. Unquote. Before his honorable discharge in the summer of 1945, Jimmy Stewart became the highest ranking movie star who served during World War II when he attained the rank of full Colonel an achievement rarely met in the efficient four years it took Colonel Stewart to rise from private status. By the time of his honorable discharge, Colonel Stewart had logged more than 2,000 hours of flying time, led 20 combat missions in Europe, and was awarded two Distinguished Flying Crosses, four Air Medals, and the prestigious Croix de Guerre with Bronze Palm from the French Air Force. He may have played some extraordinary characters on screen, but off screen, Jimmy Stewart was a real life hero. It sounds cliche, but it's undeniably true. Looking back on his military service in a late 1980s interview, Jimmy Stewart shared that quote, the military experience that I had is something I think about almost every day. And one of the greatest experiences of my life, greater than being in the movies, unquote. After returning home from the war, it took Jimmy Stewart a full year to find film work. In his absence, a younger group of actors had moved in and taken over. At a mere 37 years old, Jimmy Stewart was unemployable in Hollywood. But filmmaker Frank Capra gave Jim his break back into the movies with It's a Wonderful Life. In Capra's mind, no one but Jimmy Stewart could play George Bailey, the good Sam who doesn't know he's a good Sam. With It's a Wonderful Life, which was based on a Christmas card the director once received, Frank Capra knew exactly what he wished to convey. Quote, I will deal with the little man's doubts, his curses, his loss of faith in himself, in his neighbor, in his God. And I will show the overcoming of doubts, the courageous renewal of faith and the final conviction that of himself, he can and must survive and remain free for the only true revolutionary is the free man and revolution is liberty and liberty is revolution and I will remind the little man that his mission on earth is to advance spiritually, that to surrender his free spirit to Big Brother's concentration camp is a step backward to the jungle." Filming of It's a Wonderful Life began in April 1946. It's important to note that though Jimmy Stewart was excited to make the film, part of him believed it would be his last. On set, Jim was surprised to discover that many parts of filmmaking that had been so easy for him before the war, like remembering his lines, were now difficult. These difficulties were exacerbated by the first stages of hearing loss, a consequence of the sounds of enemy fire and all those hours flying loud B-24s. But mostly, filmmaking just didn't seem so important to Jimmy Stewart anymore. As Frank Capra observed, quote, he thought maybe being an actor wasn't for decent people. That acting had become silly, unimportant next to what he'd seen. He said he thought he'd do this picture and quit." Unquote. The emotional toll of bringing a character to life was tougher on Jim during its wonderful life than it had ever been before. The experiences of war had matured Jim in ways most of us can't even begin to imagine. As a result, Jim brings a tremendous step to his George Bailey a depth that quite literally jumps off the screen and pulls us into George's life. We can all relate to George Bailey's highs and lows throughout It's a Wonderful Life because Jimmy Stewart so effectively takes us there with him. Perhaps it was because of this great emotional connection to George Bailey that Jimmy Stewart counted It's a Wonderful Life as his personal favorite of all the films he made. As Jimmy put it, quote, It's my favorite film. The whole thing was done not from a book, Not from a play, not from an actual happening or anything, but just an idea. An idea that nobody is born to be a failure. As simple as that. I liked that idea." When it premiered in December 1946 and during its wide release in 1947, It's a Wonderful Life was not an immediate Christmas classic, but nor was it the dismal failure that film lore now makes it out to be. Of the 400 films released in 1947, It's a Wonderful Life ranked 26th overall at the box office. Not bad. And though it received mixed critical reviews, the film was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Actor, Best Picture, and Best Director. But ultimately, it didn't matter what the critics and the Hollywood establishment thought. Frank Capra made It's a Wonderful Life for what he called his kind of people. As Capra later reflected, quote, It's a Wonderful Life sums up my philosophy of filmmaking. First, to exalt the worth of the individual. Second, to champion man, plead his causes, protest any degradation of his dignity, spirit, or divinity. And third, to dramatize the viability of the individual. I wanted It's a Wonderful Life to say what Walt Whitman said to every man, woman, and babe in the world, the sum of all known references I add up in you, whoever you are." The sum of all known references I add up in you. I absolutely love that. What an exquisite reminder of the boundless potential in each of us. Frank Capra's message about the worth of the individual is as uplifting for today's legions of its Wonderful Life fans as it was for the smaller audience that appreciated the film on its release. This holiday season. Let us be inspired by Jimmy Stewart's noble story and by the powerful message of Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life. And let's carry that inspiration into the new year. I'm thankful for the music in my life, to be blessed with this deep interest in classic films and the remarkable people who made them. I'm thankful for the opportunity to share these inspiring histories and for the powerful uplift that comes if we just listen from studying the experiences of the great men and women of the past. Thank you so much for watching. For delicious recipes and all things classic Hollywood, visit my website, vanguardofhollywood.com, and listen to episode 39 of my podcast for more about Jimmy Stewart and It's a Wonderful Life.